Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Anne Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals. It's episode 19 of season four. Alan and I had a discussion around Azure DDoS protection recently. DDoS attacks are more common than ever. If you operate internet-facing workloads, ensuring there is a level of DDoS protection in place is recommended. Here are a few things that we covered. What are DDoS attacks and how to mitigate them? What is Azure DDoS protection? How do you set up Azure DDoS protection? And pricing and licensing. We've noticed that a large number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot to us for you to show, to show your support to the show. It's a really great episode, so let's jump in. Hey, Alan, how are you doing this week? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I feel like you've got some um, good um, Ignite news for us this week. Some might say it's, it might be good for some, but um, yeah, so I'm able to, I will be attending it in, in person. So that's good. Um, but also not just that, um, I'll be helping Microsoft man or yeah, man some of the, um, the expert meetup areas in, in the security space. Um, so I'll be there, um, for anyone to come say hello and talk tech. Do you know what points you'll be covering Alan, or is it sort of just a ask me anything sort of format? Uh, from what I've seen, I think it's going to be around the multi-cloud. So we'll probably be CSPM and Defender for Cloud, I expect, that kind of stuff. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, and if anyone's going and they're on the pre-day workshop for security, I'm also helping out on that now. So, um, yeah, if you're in that, you'll see me there. So come say hello. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you're lucky enough to um, get a trip out to um, to Ignite, then definitely, um, yeah, send Alan a message. Um, it's 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 definitely it's it's sold out so quickly this year, hasn't it? So um, either the capacity is very low, which I kind of doubt, or there's been um, really good um, good good take up this year. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both, I expect, because it is the um... Convention center is pretty big, but at the same time, it's not as big as you know the you know the uh, Orlando site. Definitely not because that was like three buildings, the same kind of thing. Yeah, when we last went there. So, um, but yeah, sold out really quickly. Only lucky to get a ticket because I'm helping Microsoft out, kind of thing, as part of my MVP benefits or contribution to to it all. So, so yeah. That's so cool. Sam, what we what are we talking about today? Um, uh, Azure DDoS protection. Um, so yeah, um, it's obviously a a rising challenge, I'll say. Um, DDoS protection for sort of public facing workloads. So, um, as we see with a lot of um cloud services, um, it, it's it's wrapped up nicely uh, for you into a lovely managed service. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's uh, let's get into it then. So, I guess you know, like you said, we're hearing a lot about around DDoS attacks. So you know, to start off with, you know, what is what is a DDoS? Okay. So to sort of break down the acronym to start off with, um, a, a DDoS attack is a distributed denial of service attack. 
Um, and these these types of attack typically um, uh, focus on uh, websites and um, public facing um, server and infrastructure workloads. Um, at its basics, um, what what will what will happen is a series of bots, or they're commonly referred to as a botnet, um, will flood um, some sort of website or service with um, a bunch of, say, HTTP traffic. Um, and the the idea there is to um, to disrupt the resources that are available um, to that to, to that machine. So you know you may run some sort of public facing application or website um and and your your application um and your infrastructure is um sort of set at a level that um can cope with you know typical uh, traffic that you may have you know um it might be that you've got a a blog site or something like that that maybe gets maybe it gets one hit a day i don't know it's just something something silly um so you've got you know uh, very minimal resources um and what you've got to think is between yourself and the end user there's many different hops that that data goes through you know you've got the end users internet service providers you've got um backhauls um you know you've you got isps in between Eventually, that data gets to the data center, and then you've got you know um, networking, which effectively makes its way. A networking and routing and firewalls that makes its way to your your instance, your box, um, potentially your virtual machine, etc. Um, and and what botnets do is they take they, they commonly they will ha you know be using um, infected endpoints, um, usually from the general public. Um, so if I wanted to run a botnet, um, I would, I would try to distribute my, 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 my botnet, my malware, um, to many different, um, you know, uh, endpoints. And then what it will effectively do is it will harness the, the bandwidth, um, capabilities of multiple endpoints to flood, um, a service. So, you know, a, a normal user clicking around a website might change, you know, web page every, I don't know. 10 to 30 seconds maybe a bit longer if you're reading a blog post or something um but in a base in a very basic unsophisticated attack you know um a botnet will attempt to access you know um a web page on on your website just multiple times per second as quickly as they possibly can and what that's going to do is every single time that that request comes in uh your infrastructure um is 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 going to need to react to sort of processing um that 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 page load um and you know uh, when you get too many people on the website i don't know if you've ever booked tickets for say a concert or a festival you'll know this where you know um previously um people would all rush to go in um get tickets and the websites would just freeze um and now we have sort of special queuing systems that still sometimes don't work right <laughs> when you're trying to to book things um, but what they're trying to it's, it's the same type of idea. You know, there's lots of people flooding to a specific spe place in one time um, to perform an action. Just so happens with a botnet, you know, the ultimate aim isn't to, you know, book your favorite, you know, band or, you know, performer. It's to actually overwhelm and disrupt that service from operating. Um, so, you know, we, we, we've we seen, you know, um, a bunch of, 
high profile attacks um so like there's been attacks you know against cloud providers um a lot of the times we don't actually hear about who they're actually targeting you know we see reports of what those cloud providers have mitigated um but for instance there was a big uh, distributed ddos attack sorry um on github um a few years ago right so you see um specific um targeted attacks on you know um specific websites um and, and and this is this is kind of the the idea of it is is just to disrupt one particular um usually one particular service um more than anything um but we we have also seen botnets attack sort of cloud providers by trying to overwhelm multiple um services on the cloud provider side if you imagine you know um azure is hosting dare I say it, hundreds of thousands or millions of websites um, sort of distributing your 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 attack across a, a large uh, variety of websites can overwhelm the provider you know maybe you're maybe you would over um, overwhelm the network switching or the routing inside of the firewall it might not be the the end servers that you're trying to exhaust there so when cloud providers talk about DDoS mitigation they're really talking about the total capacity that they have in their networks for DDoS um, uh, mitigation. Um, in the Microsoft Digital Defense Report uh, 2023, it's just been um, released uh, recently. Uh, it's a long but really um, a gr great read um, because it sort of gives you the the state of the environment and the world in which we're working in, in terms of security, there's um, every year there's a big section on DDoS and it gets updated with even more insane numbers every year. Um, so to give you some stats, um, Microsoft um, uh, has reported that they are combating an average of 1700 DDoS attacks per day um, over the past year on average. Um now, you know, the size of those and who they're targeting can vary, but you can imagine, you know, with a big cloud provider, there's just more chance of, you know, potential disruption, um, especially when we, you know, share resources between customers as well. You know, if you were on a web server that got, you know, um, you want some shared infrastructure that got targeted for a DDoS attack, um, that could in interrupt your website, um, even though your website's got, you know, absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, so uh, Microsoft is, has also um, expanded its um, mitigation capacity, um, you know, to, to be able to handle up to uh, 90 terabits of data per second. Um, I'm not really sure that's a number that any of us sort of mere <laughs> mortals can really comprehend. Uh, but to put it into perspective, um, the largest um, the largest DDoS attacks that have been reported in the press um, we're in the range of several terabytes. Uh, I believe there's a, um, is, is it Azure or a, a three tera, a terabits per second or something like that? It was pretty, um, it was pretty high. I might have the number here. Oh no, two point, uh, up to um, 3.5 uh, terabits per second. So you can see that because they have to handle mitigation of so many, um, they have to have a larger capacity than any singular um any singular uh, attack itself but they could be under attack from multiple locations at the same time and that's where that full 90 terabits per second um uh, really comes into play
Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a, it's probably not just capacity though, is it? I suspect there's some other things like stopping it from getting to their services through firewalls, things like that. You know, that immediate response to, you know, I know it's it's distributed, but you're going to see in a you know the same type of attack coming from multiples as a temporary like ban on those IPs, I guess, or something, just to stop it hitting the actual resource on the back end kind of thing. Because like you said. Some of that could take down other services and, and, and things like that if it's like maxed or internal corporate network or corporate network, cloud network kind of thing. Yeah, but I think you've also got to think about like routing and putting up walls, right? So, you know, if um, let's say the gates are open in a, in a way, right, with with a firewall, right? Um, so, you know, a firewall starts to get open. No, let's say the infrastructure behind a firewall starts to get overloaded right so you know a box starts to get overwhelmed you know in its basic sense right in the cloud we can obviously scale up those boxes right so we can start to mitigate some of that but at what stage does it just get like too much you then you know drop the ban hammer you know and then you you stop all traffic through that firewall well the legitimate traffic that was supposed to flow through that firewall um needs to go somewhere as well right so it's not just a it's not just a simple case of you know and i'm not saying you were saying that but no. it is a really complicated scenario because you've got to try to identify what is legitimate traffic because you don't want service disruption for legitimate users right um so it's it's trying to piece together you know all of those different um uh, signals and intelligence um, to, to to shut down um, certain types of attacks. Um, yeah, so it's probably just wor um, worth talking about. We've talked about uh, volumetric attacks. So this is where you flood network traffic, essentially, um, usually using UDP um, just to, to, to flood um, network data. Um, there is also protocol attacks, which exploit weaknesses in layer three and layer four protocols. Um, th these include um, SYN flood attacks, reflection attacks, and other um, uh, protocol attacks. Um, you know, and um, that's where this more intelligent mitigation um, then comes in, identifying those non-standard, um, you know, um, peaks and troughs um, in data. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and, and another big one is just sort of uh, resource layer attacks. Um, so um, uh, protocol violations, SQL ingestion, cross-site scripting, um, you know, um, th that is where you, you can also see floods of um, uh, highly specific um, attacks to disruption. So it's not just overwhelming and volumetric. It also might be mass exploitation of um, some sort of gap um, in your application stack as well. Yeah, okay. And I guess as well, you kind of talked about the um, uh, auto-scaling side of things. Um, I guess it's some, you got to make sure you do have some higher limits on how many you, you spin up that's right for your type of normal business or where your peaks are. Because I guess potentially, you know, a, a DDoS attack could incur you a large bill because you might spin up 20 30 resources just to cope with it even though it's not even you know, legitimate traffic yeah so because that to consider as well yeah because you know if you think about let's say retail like uh, black friday and uh, things like that you know what is legitimate 
um, like e-commerce traffic like look like for you versus you know botnets trying to you know hammer your least efficient API endpoint if that makes mm. sense to overwhelm your resources um, because um, it, it's hard to you know with static rules to be able to um, mitigate um, against those things yeah Okay, so we kind of talked about some of these, but um, you know, sort of what scenarios would an organization need, you know, DDoS protection? You kind of hit about, you know, front end web servers, that kind of stuff, but is there any others? Um, so it's probably to, to start off with, with high level scenarios, it's basically anything internet facing, right? That mm -hmm. you, you manage yourself. Um, and it's more around IaaS than it is anything else. Because one of the great benefits of um, uh, cloud workloads is is Microsoft, ha Microsoft has its own uh, DDoS protection layer in front of a lot of its own services, right? So this is where this is this is one of the sort of hidden benefits, well, say hidden but lesser known benefits of using a managed service uh, from somebody like Microsoft, because um, if you are using if you're using IaaS, so you've got like a virtual machine, and let's let's go with the most basic scenario for our examples. Um, you've got a virtual machine with a public IP address, right? Um, it's effectively sitting right on the edge, just you know, in theory, connected directly to the internet, right? It's it's not in reality. Well, kind of is, but you know, that's the simplest uh, thing that you've got got going there. And let's say you've got a let's say you've got an e-commerce application that you run on that virtual machine and that's maybe your, your website's e-shop um or you could run that application in app service as an example now app service is going to um because it's a fully managed service you just effectively give it your code and it hosts it for you um you're not going to have to worry about um the uh, ddos mitigation on that because it's 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 Microsoft's managed service and Microsoft's own DDoS protection that's that's layered in on top of that. But not all applications should be hosted in that way or are right to be hosted in that way. So people that run their own infrastructure, um, we've talked about public IP addresses, but basically anything that can go into a virtual network um, can uh, can be covered by um, DDoS to, uh, uh, protection. Um, so uh, things like VPN gateways, load balancers, application gateways, um, uh, Bastion. There's there's many different services that can be covered by um, DDoS protection because they are essentially public facing um, uh, resources. Um, so 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 if you do have, I'm I'm not even going to really say high profile because. Almost the smaller you are, the more susceptible you are to DDoS uh, attack. I suppose there is this probably it's probably worth saying that the smaller you are, the least likely you are to be targeted, right? But it also depends the type of um, type of business um, that 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 you're involved in, right? Um, different types of um, you know businesses have you know. Um, it could be higher or lower risk of you know um, attacks like social media as an example um, you might host a social media network where 
uh, people can interact with it and they can basically do and say whatever they like. I mean, within reason, obviously, because there is um, there is uh, protections against that. But, you know, where you have potentially uh, risky activity happening and um, it might not be directly aimed at you, but it might be directly aimed at one of your users um, on your site um, at that point. Um, and what what we're really one one scenario that people don't really talk about a lot is um a ddos response strategy um and evaluating the risks of your resources right because you need to think about the topology of your resources and how they could potentially be you know attacked like what publicly available azure resources do you have you know do the resources you've currently got you know actually have ddos protection built in because that's the first thing to think about. Because to me, I've seen a lot of um, organizations, they don't ever focus on DDoS until it actually happens for the first time, right? And there is actual, dis that is, there is, there is actual disruption. You know, are there single points of failure in the service? You know, is there, um, are there some API calls that aren't routed through a load balance or a firewall um, that you've got? Maybe they, directly connect bad practice back to an API. Maybe they skip through, um, you know, API manager or, or, or something like that. Um, you know, can you isolate specific services in your application structure? You know, if one thing is hit, um, you know, and you have to take it down or take it offline to, you know, um, if that happens, can the rest of your application um, still function? What would be the impact to your business for those parts um, going down? Um, you know, um, do you currently have obviously virtual networks that, you know, that you need DDoS protection on that currently aren't enabled? And do you have failover to other regions? You know, um, could you start to mitigate yourself uh, a DDoS attack by failing, you know, failing over in an active, active scenario to another region? There's lots of questions and planning that you can go through um, to, to start to build um, a, a response strategy. I've only really talked about risk evaluation, um, but really building a team around that, having alerts in place um, to, 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 to identify a DDoS attack um, are really the things that I don't believe that people um, are preparing for. Yeah, okay. That's, that's quite interesting. Yeah, you're right that having plans in place is probably quite key to understanding like you said how to mitigate but also those alerts are probably quite key as well you know understanding when something's starting so at least you can try and reduce the amount of impact it has on your application or on your service that you're, you're hosting um, and when you talked about the um, sort of PaaS services or even SaaS services you know you're absolutely right. People, uh, you, you know, some people might not see that they're already protected by it. You know, I think that's a, sometimes when you initially look at pricing for PaaS, you always think, well, it's more expensive. I, I can, I can host that myself. It's, you know, I think we, I've had this conversation before, but you're right. There's all this other layered protection, you know, if that, host goes down or whatever it gets moved you know just you know generally from an infrastructure perspective you know that's all managed for you but then yeah you're right all the networking's then covered as well um, yeah because 
you know, like if you think one of the considerations is, is you know, should I build my own? Uh, well, I suppose the question is, if you're building something for yourself, usually it isn't public, right? So True. it's probably worth also, you know, just mentioning that, you know, if you do have virt- virtual networks that don't have any, you know, public IP addressing or routing into them, um, y- you may not need DDoS protection at all, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. if you're if you're sort of following best practice in terms of, you know, uh, th- that type of thing. Um, but, you know, if, if you were to, I don't know, let's... <laughs> really bad example you had your crm system that you host on some vms let's say it's not even publicly available right like as in it's not end users but you go oh you know what i'll just make it publicly available and we'll just you know all log into it you know i'm not saying you would do that in the real world but i'll just give you an example that you may have resources that you don't feel are publicly accessible but they actually are because of the way that they're configured maybe incorrectly so it is really key to understand you know truly um if if your services are actually internet facing because yes you could make the argument of how would people know those urls but that's security through obscurity at that point um you're only you know a key logger or malware away um from somebody understanding um you know huge parts of your infrastructure yeah, definitely. And, and talking about the, the sort of SaaS services just quickly, that it's not, not necessarily, it's related to DDoS, but not necessarily the you know Azure DDoS protection. But um, if you think about if you've got applications on-prem and you're using things like App Proxy to host them externally via that and using Azure, basically Microsoft Entra to be your front door. I mean, imagine the capacity of that. You've got this mass, you know, it's huge, isn't it, at that point? You know, you, exactly. your, li- your little app behind this massive door um so yeah okay so we kind of talked about some of this i think but you know i guess actually calling out you know what is what's the functionality of the azure ddos protection and you know where can you use it okay so there's sort of two tiers um to ddos protection um you've got ip protection and network protection right and um, think about IP protection is singular internet facing IP addresses. So think about those more, you know, simplistic um, scenarios of single virtual machine pointing out to the internet um, as an example. So one singular um, uh, IP address covered by um, DDoS, DDoS protection. There's also network protection, um, which covers... Um, essentially it's uh, it's it's multiple protected ip addresses across potentially many networks as well um so uh, ddos network protection is at a higher price tier but you can cover more resources and you can span them across subscriptions and things like that so a lot of the functionality um is the same so it's always on uh traffic monitoring always on detection so 24/7 it would be pretty pointless if it wasn't, to be totally honest with you. But that's, you know, I don't know why that's called out, but it's <laughs> um, it, maybe some others aren't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, um, automatic attack mitigation um, at multiple protocol levels. So level three, level four and level seven um, attack mitigation. Um, so application 
uh, at that top level, level uh, layer seven application uh, based mitigation policies as well. So we're not just talking about floods of, of traffic, but we're actually talking about those, that higher level um, application as well. Um, you're going to also get um, uh, alerting uh, metrics of, uh, you know, uh, to see historical um, potential uh, alerts that you've had and floods of data uh, that you, uh, or DDoS uh, attacks that you've had. Um, you can um, you can tune the policies to your actual specific application, um, so there isn't there's an element of customization um, there is as well. Uh, it hooks into um, a firewall manager, um, Sentinel. Um, so there is there's a lot. Um, so the ability to get visibility and also coverage in in different areas is there as well. Um, so. Uh, you have to have a public IP in the standard tier to get protection for uh, DDoS IP protection, um, but only basic um, tier for DDoS network protection. Uh, so there's a slight difference in functionality dependent on which uh, tier you go for. Um, and then the other the other multiple bits are really in around response that are important. So these aren't included on the inbuilt IP protection, up uh, sorry, the, the sort of lower level IP protection. Um, you get DDoS rapid response support. So, and this is on the network protection. Um, so if you are suffering a DDoS attack, you can open a support ticket to get a rapid uh, support response um, if the mitigation isn't being applied um, as you feel it should. If, if that makes sense. So you can you can basically call out for a lifeline with Microsoft saying, hey, I'm still getting hammered by this. You know, uh, please, can you help? Um, cost protection is also in place um, for network protection. So if your um, if your resources have to scale up to meet demand, um, you will get credit back for that scale up uh, whilst that um, whilst that attack is actually happening. Um, you also get a web application firewall um, discount. I'm not really sure on, on on this one, but there is a, effectively a, a discount that gets applied to your to your um, application firewall um, costs. There, uh, I'm not sure about why that is, um, but that that is in place. Um, on the IP protection, as I mentioned, it's only one per IP, uh, so you so you can buy multiples of them, but you've got to buy one per IP address. Um, but with network protection, you can have up to a hundred. Um, a uh, hundred um, devices. Um, um, so um, it's it's probably worth talking about um, IPv4 and IPv6 um, addresses um, are covered, um, but it's probably worth talking um, about different uh, limitations as well because because the types of attacks are quite sophisticated. Um, there can be some some edge cases that you that, that you you need to think about um so um protecting an ip resource attached to a nat gateway isn't supported um at this time um multi-tenant pas services which include which do include azure app service for power apps um azure api management in deployment modes other than um, API manager with virtual network integration isn't supported and Azure virtual WAN currently isn't supported um, either. 
Um, and and there's some other um, sort of um, edge cases. So th- the only thing I'd say is is that it's definitely worth with anything um, going through uh, the documentation uh, from Microsoft because um, y- you need to look at every single resource that you've effectively got um, in your environment. Cool. Um, that's really good about the whole, um, you know, reaching out to Microsoft if you are being attacked and you know, you, it's still being attacked. I didn't know about that. And the sort of cost saving, not cost saving, but the, what do you call it? Protection. Yeah. Yeah. Scaling cost protection. protection. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's kind of where, you know, when I was talking earlier about it, you know, that you've got to be careful about that. But actually, you've, you've kind of just said, well, actually you do. But if you get this, then you've got a reasonable chance that if you are being DDoSed, then you can get your credit back in effect. So that's that's good as well. Yeah, because if, uh, you, if you think about it, right, you know, if you if you do have capacity for 100 requests per second, right, and you might peak at that at certain times of the year or events or something like that, um, you know, that number is just random. But, you know, if it's, if it's not a legitimate, um, if it's not legitimate traffic, um, you want some protection there if you've had to scale up you know scale up to a reasonable level that you would scale up to but it was actually a a ddos attack that that caused it yeah definitely okay so you know talked about what it can do so how how do we deploy it how do we deploy azure ddos protection okay so um it it doesn't matter which one you're um deploying um it it can all be done in the portal can also be done by PowerShell, CLI, um, arm templates, uh, Terraform, um, etc. Um, and it is, so IP protection. Um, you create a public IP address and there is effectively just another blade, um, which is, um, protection type. And you can just literally go in there and configure, um, DDoS protection. Uh, we are literally talking, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, 30 seconds absolute maximum it will take longer for the azure portal to load um that it will <laughs> <laughs> apologies microsoft but in the afternoon here it does slow down quite a bit <laughs> i don't know if that's true but that's just how i feel right when america wakes up it gets slower that's just what i think in my head i don't know <laughs> um so so yeah so that is uh, pretty much um that simple and um from the network uh, side of it um there is again a um a um a, a ddos protection plan that you can create um and then you can link virtual networks to that ddos protection plan because it's probably worth calling out that you can connect if you if you get the ddos network protection you can connect a number of virtual networks across subscriptions to a ddos protection plan i'll call that out again when we come to pricing but in theory, up to 100 public resources can be shared with one single um, network DDoS protection plan. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess that's because you might have the same policies kind of across those resources. You might have a generic configuration, maybe, of what your plan is or, or when you want it to trigger, maybe. Well, it's. I think it's. I think it's just a case of because you pay per re- per ip address if you have more than the cost of a you know a, a network protection plan 
um, it will make sense. L let's talk about pricing. Let's let's go into pricing because that'll that'll open that'll basically answer some questions there. Really. Um, right. Let me just. I'm going to bring up the pricing page because I always like to actually <laughs> reel off the right numbers. So, <laughs> IP protection, the simplest um, setup. $199 per month, flat monthly charge per IP resource that's protected. Simple as that. Enable it for an IP, $199 a month. Easy McPeasy. Network protection. So network protection is up to 100 public resources, and it costs $2,944 per month. Then for every resource above the 100, it's $29.50 per resource per month on top, which is just, isn't that 2994 divided by 100 anyway? So yeah, so it's just the same cost um, on top. You just got to buy that 100, you know, 100, um, uh, you know, front, device limit. Yeah. So what are we talking? We're talking 25 devices. Is that right? Uh, before you shift over? Uh, yeah, it's 25, yeah. right? So 2904. <laughs> we'll get your maths right. <laughs> no, 14. Okay. 15, 15 public-facing uh, IP stuff. But there is also the... Um, the extra uh, protection that you get. So um, let's talk about those in a bit more detail. Uh, you'll get your credit back for scaled out resources. So data processing, ingress and egress for Azure file, file application gateway um, with WAF. Um, scale out of virtual machines and Azure Kubernetes service is covered. Data egress for network bandwidth happen that happens during an amplification attack when DDoS impact at, uh, impacted apps make outbound connections, so all your outbound traffic effectively, and scaling out of PaaS resources like SQL, Cosmos DB, storage, and app services. So it's not just your IaaS, it's also your um, other backend services that are linked um, into that. Um, I, I can't go into, I don't have the detail of what specific ones are covered and, and what is not. Um, and I don't know how that's reconciled um, because I haven't seen that um, side of things in person. Um, but, you know, you, you are getting some pretty wide ranging guarantees from Microsoft there about uh, protection. Yeah, that's, that's insane, isn't it? It seems it does seem. I guess initially from a, a first few of it, it seems a little bit expensive, especially the single IP one. But I guess if you've got if you're making you know, your organization making, you know, a lot of revenue and, and things like that through that. It's, it's not going to, it's going to be nothing. Is it to stop you losing an hour a day, whatever it is of, of access, you know, of sales or, or anything like that from that service, then it's going to be nothing. Is it? And as you said, a lot of organ, some organizations may not even like think about the, the DDoS side of it and maybe trying to mitigate it themselves within their applications. Yeah, well, I, I just think, you know, I, I don't want to be like, you know, a cloud snob or, you know, seem like I'm on the side of the cloud providers. But, you know, um, $199 a month, it, it may not be a risk that your business thinks that it needs to mitigate, which is I can kind of understand that as well. Right. If I had a 
a smaller business um, and I didn't think I was at high risk and that's where you need to go through that process. I think you need to think about that. Um, you might decide, you know what, we're happy to accept that risk. And with security, a lot of conversations around risk mitigation, right? And there mm -hmm. are teams of people that work inside of organizations to work out how much they should spend on risk mitigation versus the risks themselves, right? Because like, you know, if your personal blog, like our podcast's website, if that got hit by a DDoS attack, we'd be like, oh, people can't access the website for X amount of time or it gets taken offline for a certain amount of time or whatever happens. Um, you know, but, you know, if our if our website was the way that we, you know, produce revenue uh, as an actual business, it might actually make economical sense to spend. What was that? That's two thousand four hundred dollars a year, basically, isn't it? In and around that number. Um and then then you've got to think about well how would you mitigate that in a different way you know because in the traditional sense you might more buy more capacity if if you were putting it into a data center in Iraq would you just buy more capacity and get a larger firewall appliance that could deal with that because a, a lot of those appliances have these mitigations within them um but i'd say that running your own quotes ddos you know mitigation you could say okay i'll put a content delivery network in front of everything i'll let that soak it up you know but then you're just shifting the the quotes problem mm. to a different area and then you've also got to think about ddos mitigation of your cdn so it's really going to come down to um and i believe previously there was only the the expensive option if i if i remember rightly yeah um i i think ip protection just you know adds the ability in there to you know because if because a lot of organizations are going to have less than four what was it 15 sorry mm. um i can't believe i had to use a calculator for that maths um but you know 15 uh publicly available resources you know you know because if you are the type of person that is the organization that has got more than 15 publicly accessible um services that um that believes their height if you've got 15 you've probably got a pretty large um application or, or workload or site um so chances are that you know um you know two three thousand dollars a month um it is it is is going to be potentially worth mitigating that risk for yeah, definitely. And I guess as well, there may be some requirements around, um, you know, cyber insurance or, you know, re maybe some regulatory compliances out there that require you to at least mitigate where you can with it. So it's also not to say ticking boxes, but putting those those risk mitigations in place. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And there is going to be a balance, you know, there's. I don't feel like it's just going to be, I know it's incredibly easy to enable, but you are also going to have to think about your application. You know, um, are there ways to minimize, you know, uh, your vulnerability um, to a DDoS attack? You know, are there ways that you can structure your application to give you protection against them just from your perspective? Um, you know, it, it may be that, you know, you don't have to, with the way that you 
you set things up you don't have to you don't need a level of ddos protection so there's a lot of questions that i think you need to ask um, as you're going through this process yeah definitely uh okay so is there anything else you want to talk about around azure ddos protection so i think you think you might have missed or anything else you want to cover within it that we might have not sort of covered mm. No, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. It's just sort of a high level uh, look at it. Um, you know, if it's it's if it's something you think your organization needs, it's definitely um, a good one to look at. There are obviously other providers and other you know um, services that are out there to do DDoS protection, um, but I think we can pretty much all you know conclude that all the large cloud providers have so much bandwidth and you know, uh, resource to, to help you mitigate. Um, it, it's just part of, I, I believe it's just part of, you know, um, your, your sort of cloud managed services. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you know, as well, they've got the intelligence to be able to all the mechanisms in, in the back end to determine, you know, the DDoS attacks and things like that as well. Because as you said, it might not just be your service being attacked. It may seem like you're being directly attacked, but actually it might be another 10, 20, 100,000 other customers being attacked at the same time, like you said. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's any... Is there any episodes that we can link back to? I think the only one's probably like the Azure Firewall one, isn't it, from a networking perspective, kind of tying it in. Um so that was season three, episode sixteen. Got us over over a season ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably the closest one. Um, we haven't really done um, many episodes on on networking um, in Azure. That's a space that we've got <laughs> plenty to potentially talk about. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, Alan, uh, your episode next week. Um, what are you covering? So season four, episode twenty. So kind of been going on on a like um Microsoft Entra journey recently, haven't we? <laughs> kind of. So I thought about it and I think I said it about it last week when I did the external ID. Um we haven't really talked about Microsoft Entra ID from the basics about on premise identities and synchronization, things like that, you know, the f sort of the foundational things about it, you know, having a, an identity in the cloud. So I'm gonna talk about that and some of the capabilities there. So I think we've kind of talked about different areas of Microsoft Entry ID and, and in its Azure AD uh, naming, um, but I don't think we've ever really talked about it as a service generally and what it's there for kind of thing. Um, I think we've always assumed that people would know what it is. So, yeah, I think we'll start from there. And technically, normally, Season 4, Episode 20 is normally our last episode of the season. And we normally do a, hey, you know, a wrap up. But I think because we're so, well, we're still in, we're still in October. We're nowhere near December yet. So yeah. I think for this season, I think we're going to push till close to Christmas, I think. So I think we've got at least another eight or maybe eight episodes. Seems crazy. Yeah. 20 episodes. <laughs> that means we, that means that we were done after work it out later. But I think it's like 48, 50 episodes this year. Wow. Amazing. We've been pretty <laughs> consistent, to be fair. So, yeah. 
it's pretty good considering the early seasons it was a bit you know dire <laughs> as and <in> when <laughs> in comparison no, that, that's great cool okay so did you enjoy this episode if so please do consider leaving us a review on apple or spotify this really helps us to reach more people like you uh, if you have any specific feedback or suggestions around episodes um we have a link in our show notes to get in contact with us yeah and if, if you've made it this far um thank you very much for listening we'll catch you on the next one yeah thanks all